Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of BM Group. And joining me is co-host, Associate Hannah Garcia. Hannah, welcome back to the show. Hello, everybody. All right, well, this is episode 198. We are fast approaching our 200th episode, uh, most likely next, next week or the week after. So stay tuned for some... Uh, some uh, news on that in the coming in the coming days, coming weeks. Sorry, I need some coffee. It's a Friday, <laughs> uh, Friday afternoon. So we're gonna start off with let's start off with reviewing the week. Uh, Tuesday, Planning Commission had some interesting news. Talk about that. Yeah, this was interesting news. So they formed this new um, proposed zoning option, which is going to be called the Town Zoning, abbreviated as TZ. And I won't get into the the technical. Um, you know, meat of it all. But I will say this is going to, um, this was meant to address issues caused by overlapping and conflicting regulations in our current LDC. Mm-hmm. Which I, is Land Development Code, LDC. Yeah, Land Development Code. And so I think that's something, you know, we constantly hear from builders and, you know, we previously working in um, on that Land Development Code rewrite, you know, that's, that's one of the things we saw is that there was a few conflicting ones in the current rendition of the Land Development Code. Mm-hmm. And so this just aims to make more flexibility um, and responding to development pressures um, until current code contradictions are solved. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and TBD on that. We're- yeah, and I, I think, you know, we're looking... We're, we've kind of had a, a big um, shakeup organization-wide, or organizationally in the city. So I don't think we're going to see a land development code rewrite anytime soon, especially with the amount of interim um, directors. Mm-hmm. I say that and then they might do it because the ambition at the city right now and this the drive to get things done, um, they yeah. could be able to do it. But I, I think that's something that realistically we don't expect. Yeah. So we'll we'll have a link to the resolution language or the proposed res, or the, the zoning language, uh, proposed zoning language in the show notes. The next step for this, though, is most likely council at some point. Uh, on the horizon this spring. Um, yeah, and with affordable housing being a requirement of the zone, I do think we're likely going to see this pass. Um, hopefully, um, you know, I know we just did have that lawsuit related to um, the affordable um, downtown density bonus. So um, depending on how this um, kind of mimics that and or gets attention similar to that um, program, um, yeah. I don't see the council member shutting this down though. No, and then we had as well, I didn't, it, I never, I didn't put this in the show notes, but there was the item regarding the, I guess one of the recommendations for uh, banning, you know, go banning uh, polystyrene items or or styrofoam. And this was something that came up. Uh, looking at this on April 10th in a memo to city council members earlier this week. But this is based on a 2020 resolution. Um, overall, looking at a comprehensive comprehensive plan to address the amount of trash accumulating in our Austin's creeks and water systems. And so we'll have a link to this in the show notes, but among, amongst the items was a proposed ban on styrofoam. And so I think our styrofoam, certain styrofoam items. We, earlier in the week, we also internally created a chart just looking at our peer cities, Nashville, peer, peer markets like Nashville, Miami, Atlanta, as well as larger cities, New York, Chicago, LA, just to see where other areas or other cities stood on terms of bans, That'll be, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But interesting stuff. And it's kind of, uh, we talked this internally, but harken back to the single ban, or the plastic bag ban battles in the, um, what, like five or six years ago? Maybe a little yeah, bit more. It was 2015, 2016. Yeah, so more more longer than that. And um, just, uh, you know, similar, couldn't align it being a similar fact pattern. 
we'll see, but uh, of note. Yeah. And, you know, just doing the research we did, you know, there was a lot of, um, I guess, uh, blue states that, that had the statewide bans mm-hmm. versus you come to Florida um, and other places that are, are typically more red or, or have a Republican governor. And they were the ones that were, you know, pushing back on that. It was ending up at the courts. So I, I think it could end up being a similar situation to the bags, but um, it's a good thing. I I live downtown and I constantly am like trying to go hang out at the creeks and I'm like, this is gross. There's so much trash here. <laughs> So we'll see. I think ultimately, right, it's going to be, you know, you balance out the business concerns, though, too. So it's yeah. um, where we fit in. It's just a recognizing, you know, an absolute ban or have, it's more of the, the details of what's, what they're proposing. Yeah, exactly. Regardless, they're definitely what should be, you know, I'm I'm making an assumption there'll be interested parties in this uh, all around on both sides uh, or stakeholders on all sides of the, of the issue on this. So more yeah. to come on that, but we'll have links set in the show notes and we expect most likely you know, more discussion on this um, as it gets digested by council and staff. And then continuing um, on this yesterday on council's uh, Thursday meeting, they approved a resolution that would reduce parking requirements for bars and restaurants. And the impetus of this was, or the, is a, I guess, a theory that reducing parking will drive more folks to find alternative means to get to bars or mainly bars, but also restaurants without driving to cut down on potential drunk driving or the various kind of issues around drinking and driving. Uh, Your thoughts, Hannah? Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of been, I think, counterintuitive to have huge parking lots at places that only serve alcohol. Um, And so I think it's, it's good. It's going in line with a lot of initiatives we have in the city to increase um, ridership of public transit. And I think that's great as well as those places that were being used as parking lots can now potentially, you know, we can divide those plot, those plots and hopefully their, their lot size is um, big enough to potentially build housing. And so I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, having bars and restaurants next to our homes, you know, this is exactly the type of stuff that is in line with that. And so I definitely think it'll, we'll see it downtown potentially, um, but I'm not sure how it will affect surrounding areas throughout the mm-hmm. city. And also, I think it's from the bar, a restaurant, or either one uh, owners, right? The requirement of parking, those parking spaces are co- are costly. Yeah. yeah. Right? 10 to 40. I mean, it can be in the tens, definitely in the tens of thousands of dollars. And so now having to add that expense, you know, obviously, you know, for, for the bottom line of a developer or for a restaurant owner, could be useful. And I think as well, just you think a lot of the times when you hear, Plan in planning commission about you know getting zoning for new restaurants or this that one of the biggest you know kind of points counterpoints from the members of that community will be around parking and traffic concerns. So parking and traffic concerns are no longer an issue. In, in theory, it should make it easier for for restaurant owners and developers of restaurants to seek the zoning they want in certain areas, which may where they may not have been able to normally because now that's no longer an issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how um, this will affect um, traffic impact analysis. Um, you know, a lot of places that have a cert- over a certain amount of um, people in cars coming, they have to do a traffic impact analysis, and that can affect kind of how yeah. everything is done. Explain for those who are aware what a, T- what a TIA is. Uh, it's literally measuring how many cars like enter into your building and then leave and then pass by. So it really just gets kind of a very high level um, idea of how many cars and potentially the impact it will have on traffic. Mm-hmm. Very good. This is a requirement too for, mm-hmm. for neighbor, any new developments, restaurants, or anything else. Uh, 
All right, moving on. Oh, pull back real quick. So the the resolution for the re reduction of parking requirements for bars and restaurants will come back as a draft ordinance to council before or by October 19, 2023. So we'll see that in the fall, if not before. And moving to the week ahead, council will be meeting for work session this Tuesday on April 18th. Uh, two items I saw of note uh, in the agenda, which is also in the show notes. Uh, Hannah is, both of them are briefings, but one is a, a briefing on the the collaboration between Austin Police Department and the Texas Department of Public Safety. This was something that, again, was announced, their agreement was announced by Mayor Kirk Watson in the later part of March. Um, and, you know, overall, with, with focus being to supplement staffing shortages in APD, particularly around violent crime, I believe. And then they're all... Council will also get a briefing on the life on lifeguard recruitment and hiring by the Parks Department, Parks and Rec Department, um, which I know there's been a, a long-standing short or just recruitment gap for lifeguards the last several summers that in turn affects pools being able to operate. And is of particular concern, uh, you know, in areas where there's not a lot of like amenity park access in the east side, especially East Austin, especially. Yeah, definitely. So we'll have a link to the agenda in there. That will be the meeting. Council meeting will be, will be broadcasted and also you will attend live that attended live. That's on April 18th, Tuesday at 9 a.m. at City Hall. And then on on Thursday for April 20th, there'll be uh, the item I saw of note, Hannah, was uh, it was I'm going to read, the, read it out here it was item 24. And it's to approve a resolution directing the city manager to create a plan an implementation schedule to transition the city to sustainable low embodied carbon concrete. So there's a lot in this resolution. There's several items or bullets are part of it, but essentially it's, it would apply to any, the use of the, the transition to this type of concrete would apply for any city projects. So for any companies who are in the, you know, builders or developers or folks in this space, um, making assumption it's of news for y'all because it affects I don't I know nothing about this type of concrete, but I know there's a lot of science behind this stuff and the temperature, the kind of equipment you need, and so forth and so on. We'll go, go into this. So this resolution again comes up on the 20th next Thursday. Um, we'll have a link to the full resolution right now in the show notes. And Hannah, you have some thoughts on this? Yeah, I think you know, I'm I know that um, the city does regulate how much concrete you pour and kind of stuff like that, but I think I never understood that they regulated the actual, um, they could potentially regulate what's actually in the concrete. Um, they really want, I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's only applies to city contracts, so it's, they can dictate that. And Yeah, and so I think this could potentially affect costs um, depending on how much, um, what it takes, the equipment it takes for this concrete. And so I think that, um, it could potentially raise the cost of, you know, projects that they had budgeted for. Um, obviously, there's a lot we don't know right now about what this will look like. So, you know, at the end of the day, if it's on city projects, the city's going to be the one really eating that cost um, if it does raise costs. So I'm, I'm curious to see kind of, you know, how they're going to handle this and if they've done studies already to see kind of how it would affect their overall budgeting process. Yeah, it's something we'll be looking into more internally to see what other cities have done around this. But I know this this. This resolution was more broadly related to the city's goal or climate, climate equity plan. Um, but yeah, just reading some of the the uh, the directions, the directives to the city manager. I mean, overall, is to is create this plan, but just there's several things in here that are going to require expert stakeholders invo involvement. So 
it's something you know we've already reached out to a few people on the route this area subject but if you're listening to the show and want to get involved you can for sure yeah definitely uh, hit us up and uh we'll love to talk to you about it um and then beyond that um council after next week council we will be back in session on tuesday may 2nd for work session and may 4th regular session and we'll have a link to the council calendar the show notes and then um just any other news hannah from your end um no i mean just you know dealing with kind of resetting after the big shakeups at the city kind of mm-hmm. trying to recalibrate and figure out how everything works um but yeah <laughs> it's been been a wild week yeah uh as last thing we Bain group will have our sixth year anniversary this monday april 17th it's been a it's always a trip for me. I, mean, I found the company, so it's always a trip just to, I don't know the time's gone. I know what we've been doing on calendars, but I do not know the time's gone. So it's been a lot of fun, a lot of challenges, and more of both to come as the city continues to grow. We'll have more thoughts. I'll have more thoughts on this next week once I've uh, processed and gotten through the event on, or event on Monday. Otherwise, though, y'all have a great weekend. Hopefully the weather stays sunny like it is right now as of 517, and y'all have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the BG Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your colleagues. The BG Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The BG Podcast is a product of the Bingham Group LLC, an Austin-based lobbying firm serving businesses, nonprofits, and trade associations at the municipal and state level. You can learn more about the Bingham Group at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G. H-A-M-G-P.com. And for the latest firm news and content updates, follow us on LinkedIn. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you.